You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. All of this is really interesting to me. You are um, still pursuing your PhD right now. So tell us about um, maybe what your most interesting kind of thing you're working on right now is. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm getting my master's in uh, in sports psychology. Uh, the PhD is going to be coming soon. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, I do, at this moment, have a lot going on with, this, with the thesis. Uh, my thesis is, uh, I think they said it earlier, but it's, uh, I think Carly said it earlier, it's uh, Dear Kobe, The Secret Mentors Deck. And basically, this is focusing on uh, parasocial relationships. That's P-A-R-A, social relationships. And their effect on people's self-talk and their motivation. So basically, what that is, um, is, I mean, most, a lot of people will tell you that uh, research is me-search. And it's very true in this instance. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do for my thesis before, at the top of 2020. I did not know what I was going to do uh, until uh, a very tragic day. I was, I woke up out of nowhere. I I can't tell you that. I don't know how I woke up at two in the morning on a Sunday and something said, turn on ESPN. I turned on ESPN and I saw a helicopter crash. And I'm just watching a helicopter. I, I see the, I see the remains of the helicopter crash. I see that a lot of my friends have texted me. I see a lot of people have messaged me. And I find out that it was Kobe Bryant. And it was just a tragic event for me and a lot of people. speak to um, the Bryant family and everything. But there was a moment that I just felt heartbreak, especially whenever I found out um, that his daughter was in there too. Uh, and so fast forward to the memorial. I was watching the memorial. And... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too proud to admit it. I, um, I'm watching it, and I'm literally sobbing. Like, I, the last time I cried, I can tell you, is when my father passed, and that was not for the same reason either. Uh, and I'm sitting there saying, and I, and I can, as I'm crying, I'm asking myself, why am I crying like this? Why am I sobbing like this uncontrollably? And, of course, I answered myself. I said that because you looked up to him, he was your teacher. And it's really unfortunate that you won't get any lessons from him in the physical anymore. And so it was like a morning. And that was the that was the beginning or the inception of me thinking about, okay, he never met me. I've seen him live, like in, in intimate settings, but he's never met me. But I feel like I know him. And that's something called a parasocial relationship where you have a relationship with someone on a TV screen or through social media and you feel like you know them or a podcast, for instance, too, with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a parasocial relationship. Uh, and so I take it a step further, actually, where I view this parasocial relationship as mentorship. Cause a lot of young kids are actually looking at these people where, um, these prominent figures I mean public figures as, mentors as well they, they might not really readily identify that but they do and so these people influence them to do certain things and so i'm wondering what what do they do like what how does this how does this mentorship work how does it function uh also what does what are the effects on top of that what can we do to make it a more positive 
a positive prospect and a positive outcome. And then last but not least, like which young people, if any, can benefit from this parasocial mentorship uh, is something that I'm looking at. Those are a few of my research questions. I love that. I think that's very interesting. Um, but can you connect it to what those relationships have to do with the self-talk for the person? Is it depend on who they kind of create that relationship with in their mind? And then can you also share some of your research yeah. data? Because we're nerds and you shared some really dope things um, whenever we were prepping for the episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll answer the first question and I'll answer part of the question. Uh, so basically how I can connect this to self-talk is that we do know that social media is affecting people. We just don't know how because obviously it's, it's not that it's new. It's just that we still have to study it for a long time and then get some verifiable results. However, we do also know that people are influenced by people around them. Now, how much are people influenced by people that are farther away from them is, is a question. And how does that affect their self-talk is a little bit more difficult for me because it's going to be a lot of self-reporting, right? Because I can't see you talk to yourself unless you're talking to yourself out loud, which usually doesn't happen for most people, but it'll have to be a lot of self-reporting. And that's going to be the way of the study that I want to do, which is talking to the teams like, who is your, who is your parasocial mentor? What qualities do they have that made that were that attracted you to them? And then I want to study from there are the, is the motivation and the self-talk that they have given you, whether they have or haven't, has that made any antisocial or risky behavior or have they, uh, has it reinforced pro-social and positive behavior? Now, these numbers are a different story, actually. So here, here's where I see this huge gap, right? Uh, so the first thing is a lot of young people are not, do not have a direct one-to-one mentor. Uh, and of course, older people don't either, but I put my focus is young, young people about ages 12 to 19. And so roughly, uh, roughly what I found through, uh, I think it was Pew uh, Research, Research Institute, found that people uh, ages eight, uh, 8 to 18, there were 46 million of them, uh, there was an estimated 16 million of them uh, so they have an adult that they can trust outside the family. So that means that roughly two-thirds of the youth do not have an older person that they trust, let alone a direct, uh, a direct mentor outside of their family. Now, if we push that a little bit further, uh, we can see that even uh, it's even worse for um, more at-risk youth, and that's what they have to keep calling them at-risk youth. I don't like the term, but that's the term we have to roll with. Now, uh, at-risk youth are more uh, likely to not have a direct mentor. There's about 50% of, uh, of at-risk, natural, uh, at-risk youth that don't have uh, a direct mentor, as compared to like maybe, I think it was 29% that don't have uh, a direct mentor that are not at risk. And then compared to the 29% overall people that uh, don't have, 37% of adults uh, that were like maybe 22 or 24, looking back, 22 to 24 were looking back at their life as they were at risk youth. 30% of the young adults, young adults can report, uh, recall points where they didn't have a mentor. And they, were, they can also report parts where they were saying that, I wish I had a mentor at this moment in my life. Uh, as compared to the 29% of people that weren't at risk that were like, oh, yeah, I wish I had a mentor. And so we can see that higher level of at-risk youth needing mentorship at a younger age. So if you push even further, we know that we have students and kids ages 
about 12 to 19 that are constantly on their phone. Uh, we have, I think it was 90, yes, 97% of teens use their phone at least daily, at least once daily. Uh, but in terms of usage, uh, 89% of teens describe their digital use at several times a day. But 45% of these teens report that their digital usage is almost constant. And so they're getting that constant interface with their, with their phone and with social media. Snapchat at 35%, YouTube at 32%, and Instagram at 15% are their most preferred or used social media platform respectively. And this is where they actually interface with the parasocial relationship and parasocial mentors. Now, I want to stop there uh, and pivot really quick to let you know who these most prominent figures are, which is going to be uh, really funny. Uh, there is a poll uh, that goes out uh, that goes out biannually, right? That lets you know the top five figures uh, that are the most influential for teens. Uh, the top five figures, some of these names I don't know. Maybe you can uh, clue me in. Uh, Charlie D'Amelio. Is it, hopefully I'm saying their name right, her name right. Mm-hmm. Charlie D'Amelio. She has 46.6 million followers on TikTok. She's number one. Uh, she's number five. Number four, surprise, Donald Trump, 76.3 million followers on Twitter. Uh, number three is Kylie Jenner, uh, 169 million followers on Instagram. Then we have a very familiar name, LeBron James, Eight. number two, 62.7 followers on Instagram. But number one, I don't know this guy, and that lets me know I'm getting old, <laughs> is David Dorbrick. Dorbrick. He's 16.6 million subscribers on YouTube. And so this is millions of parasocial connections being made and big things that are being passively learned, right? And so, wait, by the way, let me stop. You know those people? I don't know those people. I do not. Uh, I don't know uh, those people, Charlie D'Amelio and David Dorbrick. Do you know them? Mm-mm, no, I don't know them either, I don't Mm-mm. think. Not by, that, not by those names. Okay. Sorry to that man. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, hey, shout out to him. But uh, apparently this guy went from... Uh, doing small challenges, having, uh, I think he's worth, yeah, $6 million now. I don't have it in my, uh, in my thesis, but I think he's worth $6 million now. So we're going from to nothing to $6 million, and he's like 19, 20 years old. Way to go, man. Shout out to him. So you're, to synthesize all of that, like all of the data, so you're using um, these parasocial relationships to see how that affects, like, the, the lack of mentorship um, and the link with that to self-talk, and that was not a great sentence, but that's like what your research is trying to prove or what you're exploring? Yeah, I'm exploring that, but then also exploring how we can make it more intentional mm-hmm. and how we can make it actually something that we can use for the betterment. Because I, because we do know that some of these prominent public figures want to be that mentor, but they do not know how. And there's not a lot of research on that. To be completely honest, there's a lack, and this is making it difficult to write this thesis. Uh, but I do want to know how we can make that more intentional. You can see someone like number two most influential person of the year for teens, LeBron James. We know that LeBron James wants to do that, but there might not be direct and intentional ways for him to do it. And so everyone's just stabbing in the dark, hoping that they're making the right impact. I want to figure out how we can do that positive impact properly. What qualities um, make teens want to attach to you, 
how can we make these uh, attachments uh, more pro-social and positive? How, um, how can we actually make sure that we are uh, negatively reinforcing uh, these negative and anti-social behavior? And then how, how can we also make sure that these teams are actually talking to themselves in the right way? Because you could have somebody, uh, for instance, uh, Kylie Jenner, let's say, uh, someone that some girl at home, some boy at home might be looking at her and saying like, oh, she's too beautiful. I'll never be that. But there's no active, there's no active and intentional way that uh, Kylie Jenner at the moment is reaching out to them saying, you are enough, you are worth it, I love you, and this is how we make this happen, this is how you see yourself as beautiful. And so if you can find ways to do that, yes, that would is. be great because since they do not have, what's that? Is, I mean, I feel like how much of this is the responsibility of these figures and and how much is the responsibility of that person looking at them? Because also, I think what makes this research so difficult is that there's a zillion variables, right? There's how your parents treat you, how your friends treat you, what you already think of yourself. Because somebody can look at the same picture of Kylie Jenner and say, um, and which a lot of people do, and be like, like, man, you know, she didn't have to do all that. And or they might be saying, oh, man, like she looks great and that's fine, you know, to, and for them to look at that, just say she looks great and that has nothing to do with me. Um, and so how much of this is on them to be like, oh, let me make sure I get the right, you know, um, the right messages across. But to what else you said about like, there's no way for them to do that. Is that again, is it their responsibility to, because I think that they can, I would argue that they can, because if I'm that person, then I can show, you know, myself authentically or, you know, what, what I think is beautiful is what I'm showing or, you know, you're, you're not doing certain things or you are saying certain things because you know that there's all these people who are looking at you. And so I think that where they are and what messages they might be sending, if they're stated, like those are very intentional of them, um, which shows where they want to be on that spectrum because a lot of people don't you know they might say like hey I'm not a role model like we know the people who say things like that and they don't act like it but of course people are attracted to rebellion and people are attracted to that attitude also but again that's that person's you know what I mean like I feel like that's that person's deal of why am I attracted to that or why is this what I'm looking looking at yeah it's, it's really it's a really difficult thing to actually pin down and there's not going to be a definitive answer I already know there's not going to be a definitive answer I mean my hypothesis is basically that we can't, I mean, I have different sides. Yeah. You got to have like the, ve- the right question. Are. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, like, uh, if you don't mind, I'll give you my five really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. I have five research questions. Mm-hmm. What effects, if any, can parasocial mentorship or PSM, what I'll call from here on out, have on a young person? Uh, can uh, PSM number two, it can PSM be a substitute for any of the elements that would be associated with a direct one-to-one mentorship? Uh, number three is, can uh, PSM reduce antisocial and risky behavior while reinforcing pro-social and positive behavior? Number four would be what specific qualities, uh, what are the specific qualities that a public figure needs to have to attract youth to them for a potential PSM? And then five, which young people, if any, can benefit from PSM? Now, number five is really important to me. Who needs it, number one, and how can they benefit from it? And when you say PSM two, uh, you're actually, referring to that as positive mentorship and not just copying or, or looking at that behavior. Yeah, I'm looking to it as a positive one that can uh, produce uh, and promote uh, pro social and positive behavior, and uh, also that means positive self talk and positive uh, motivation. 
And that's what you're saying. You have to measure by self-reported for the most part. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for the most part. Because what you'll have to say is uh, you you can't really get someone self-talk. We we don't have an fMRI machine. Oh, see, this is positive self-talk in this uh, this, uh, global hemisphere. We can't do that yet. And so that'll be a lot of uh, qualitative and a lot of gray area. And so, and of course, you can have different things that you can you can have some type of observable things like, oh, they were once here, they were once making C's and D's, but once they got attached to this parasocial mentorship, uh, they they actually had some B's and C's now. And so if you see that, you call that like, oh, that's a difference, but we don't know if that's directly mm-hmm. correlated with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have another question. <laughs> so, Jay, yeah. is does it matter, slash, is there a difference between, just in, just in the difference with, a kid saying and and defining this as PSM, like to be like, oh, I really pay attention to LeBron and I'm, you know what I mean? Because like to your example with Kobe, I feel like people, yeah. you know, you don't think about it till later or, you know, when they're gone or whatever it may be, or you don't wake up and think like, oh man, this, you know, thank you, Kobe in the morning. Right. But it doesn't make a difference if I acknowledge this as a mentorship versus mm. you know what I mean like you're you're really you don't even realize that how affected you are by what you're looking at online every day and I think that maybe even just calling it something would make it spark differently for people like if they're learning it in that way that hey these people are becoming this thing I think that's a very interesting question that I do not have the answer to yet because of course I need to do all the actual research and get it get it out there because the thing that I'm calling the the effect that I'm calling it is a secret mentor effect, right? Because I don't know I'm mentoring you. For instance, I'm no, I'm not famous, but I don't know if I'm mentoring you or not. But I know it's like I don't know you, you're you know, paying effect. that much attention to me. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so it's the same thing for y'all in this podcast. If I might switch into something that's a little more applicable for y'all, it's like y'all have uh, listeners, y'all have viewers on uh, on YouTube, y'all have followers on Instagram. You don't know how you're directly affecting them, but I would assume because you're saying mostly positive things on here, right? Like, like 99.9% positive, right? And so you, you're affecting them, but you, you might not know intimately on each level how you're affecting these people. However, I do think that uh, if we do start naming these things, and if we do start putting title these things, we can shift the thinking a little bit to say, oh, that is my PSM, or oh, that is my blank, rather than, oh, I like them. Because I didn't have a name for it. There's not really mm-hmm. a name for it because all we have now is that's that's my friend in my head, <laughs> yeah, or that's, that's my blank in my head. So it, uh, uh, putting names to things and giving them uh, proper structuring—I don't mean structuring as in like boxes. I mean just like giving them labels and names, and people can start figuring out like, oh, I do see that person is that. I had no idea about that, and even people uh, as old as us can start being like, oh yeah, that was my PSM when I was growing up. I was really looking at them like that. And this is how it might, it might have affected my life. I guess I'm also thinking, like, should it, you know? But this is, I think this is all very interesting. Um, I feel like we've started with one thing, with talking about self-talk and understanding ourselves and how to, you know, change our habits, essentially. We were talking about how to change your brain. And now we're contemplating the importance of the exterior environmental kind of resources and how you look at those things. So it makes me think that in general, in a way to summarize kind of your research and bringing it back to the self-talk is 
that it's important to pay attention to your environment, the things you let in. Um, I don't know if Carly and I actually talked about that on an episode, if we were just talking about that, but the importance of everything around you and really your relationship to it um, is what you need to focus on. What's your relationship to these things to understand what are you getting from it? What are you gaining? Am I comparing myself here? Am I seeing something positive, negative, neutral, whatever? And now I guess it's on us to pay more attention to those feelings and then react accordingly or grasp those different people or things accordingly. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is on us. Um, I, I do like uh, caution myself to say it's not just on the, uh, the teens and the young, uh, the young people to do it because, of course, I do think that they have these one or two or many things called parents uh, that need to be involved too, but it is difficult for them to be involved. Uh, especially whenever people are working more. And also, I, I have statistics on that, but I don't need to get the statistics on the fact that people are working more or the mm-hmm. fact that 23% of households in America are single households. And then, unfortunately, uh, 80.7% of those households, and 2018, I think, is the is is number, are headed by women. And women are, uh, are more likely to actually have two jobs. And that most likely is attributed not only to the fact that there is a pay gap, but there is just such gender inequality in America, too. And so they're out of the house more, and, they, and people are looking for attachment because we are social creatures. And so we're looking to bring things in. And so to bring it back to what you were just saying, is like we have to monitor what we're bringing in because a lot of our self-talk and a lot of our memories are emotional experiences. And to bring it back to self-talk, a lot of the shortcuts that we're putting in there uh, I believe it's the Hindle campus. I'm not a neuroscientist. So if there is a neuroscientist out there, please correct me. But I believe it is the Hindle campus that stores a lot of our memories. And the memories uh, that we have dictate a lot of our emotional responses, but then also our other scripts that we have. And so when you uh, turn it back to your self-talk, you're accessing that on a very emotional level. And we don't know that we're doing that sometimes because we're feeling things automatically. We're not going to be able to stop our emotions from coming up. Uh, we can stop them from altering our mood for the day, but we can't stop them from coming up. We can only manage them once they've come up and, and manage them properly. But we're having these emotional experiences that are tied to memories that we might not even have acknowledged back when. Whenever Lex was saying earlier about my mom said, don't, don't be crying, don't be emotional earlier. That could be a memory that's tied to you and that neural pathway is just paved as a, as a three-lane highway, and we haven't actually acknowledged that, and we haven't accepted that either. And so, It's almost like you paid a contractor to build that bridge, but, like, you ain't do your research to know, like, <laughs> what their qualifications were. Like, you just went exactly. with it. And you kind of And you didn't know there yeah. was other options, other people you yeah. could, like, other bridges you could build. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there it is. The brain is so, so cool. that's being in control. Yeah. The brain, is, the brain is a powerful thing. I didn't know that, how powerful it was until I started researching everything on this. Like, and this was even before I got into uh, my master's program, when I just started researching this, I was like, wow, is the brain this powerful? And then the answer is yes. And it's probably even more powerful than we can really believe because we're still figuring that out. There's so many questions that we cannot answer based uh, about our brain. Which is interesting and leaves a lot of space for exploration and talks like these. Um, Earlier, we had written down something for an exercise um, and that we were going to circle back to at the end. And so uh, we wrote wrote down a time that we failed. 
Yes. Now, can I hear about that time that y'all failed and how, uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure. I'll go. So the moment I wrote down was failing to, I don't know how specific you need me to be, but failing to send some correspondence to someone in a timely manner and then being able or not, not gaining an opportunity because of it. Okay. Carly, what was yours? Mine was, um, I failed at the state track meet in high school. I fell, literally failed because I couldn't complete the race because I fell over a hurdle. So I like failed that race. Like I was disqualified. Ah, okay, okay. All right. So let's start at the, at the topical level. Uh, first, Carly, how did you feel whenever that happened? Uh, I felt terrible. I was heartbroken. I failed. It was like I waited all season to yep. finally get to state, and then I just crashed literally over a hurdle. All right. And Lex, how did you feel? <laughs> I was like, whoops, my bad. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, let me work on these other four. <laughs> that's that's exa- kind of how I felt. It, all so, right, all right. I don't know. I, I I already just know, like, well, that was on me. All right, that was on you. Uh, what were some of the things, Lex, that you said to yourself in that moment? And there, in those moments uh, preceding when you realized it and the moments uh, preceding that moment? Mm, so... I can literally tell you because it just happened. So proceeding, there wasn't proceeding. Well, proceeding it, I probably yeah. was like, oh man, like she, I don't think she's going to get it. Cause like I've been going back and forth with this woman about kind of what I recommend that they do. And you know how folks want to tell you what they think they need. But before opening her response, I was thinking like, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to be good. But then reading it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I, I did send it pretty late. Or, like, we did have too many back and forth, and I had to send something kind of late. So once I actually saw it and dealt with it, I I really didn't care. It was two seconds of, like, just acknowledging it. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I, and also, hold on, but also, and then I said, oh, okay, well, I'm, and then my response to her was um, about feeding her some other ideas for some future things because, um, she talked about working on, you know, looking at what's the next things coming up. So it, it kind of was just like, a, all right, let me be quicker and better next time. All right. All right. See, I, I, uh, you're, you're already beating me. You're beating me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, we're we're going to still come back to you. You're, you're beating me to the point. I like that. Uh, but Carly, what about you? Man, I was so mad at myself. I fell over like the fifth hurdle and there's 10. And I just like <laughs> walked over the rest of it and I was like, Oh my God, I've been training all season. I was so sad, but I had another race. So I was like, you got to get your shit together because you need to use this and you need to win the next one. You got to win it even more now. All right, then. Okay. So we have these things that happen. um, And I do think that performance not only meant for someone that's exclusively an athlete either. I figure that anyone wants to perform. Everyone's performing every day. I, I, I definitely do feel like everyone's performing every day. And that's why I'm focusing on mental performance, how you can improve your mental performance. And part of that, and I actually say most of that is due to your self-talk. Um, I, 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 I know that there are techniques for goal setting. There's techniques for uh, relaxation, energization. There's also techniques for visualization and imagery. But those cannot be activated without proper self-talk and, and able to either be neutral or positive for yourself. Now, what I will say is this. Uh, those thoughts that you had, uh, there's, a, there's an activity that I do uh, that's called Focus on the Butt, B-U-T, 
not be double, not, not be your double feet. Not uh, on the booty. So focusing on the butt, not on the booty. Um, that's for another conversation, maybe another mm-hmm. podcast, another episode. <laughs> Carly's couch after uh, dark. So, <laughs> you ain't know about that like podcast, that. did you? <laughs> Only fans, twenty three ninety nine a month. Hey, Thank hey, you, Jay. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hold on. Why was not Look, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hold on. Don't worry about She's it. She's just sweetheart. trying to warm you up on the first one. <laughs> this is the part uh, of the, okay. the episode oh, where we say, OJ, the, the only like, one listening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you probably are still. <laughs> this is the part where Man, we're Mr. like, all right, Williams. we getting out of hand now. But oh, you got right, it. We're going to get you okay. on the other couch. Okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to Wait a minute. Uh, okay, but focusing on the butt is basically taking yourself out of this. It's, it's what I was saying earlier, and, and so we're not doing the priming or framing the situation for yourself because you're not in, you're not before the event. You're not, you're not managing yourself during the event. Now it's actually giving yourself perspective after the event. Now it depends on the event, but you uh, you definitely wanted to, uh, to be able to write down the situation. Uh, it doesn't matter what the situation was, but if it is bugging you or if it is something that's making you feel, whether it be sad, defeated, uh, some sort of emotion that is usually negatively associated, you need to actually deal with that and put it in the proper perspective. It doesn't need to be an hour, two-hour conversation. It can be a, like it can be either a minute, five minutes. It can go very quickly. Now, these things that we said, whether it be, dang, I messed that up, or, oh, I'm, I'm heartbroken, I'm defeated, I, I'm dejected. You can focus on the butt. And the way to do that is to recognize the three different types of focuses. Uh, you can either have outcome focus, you can have performance focus, or you can have process focus. And most sports psychologists, not myself because I'm not a sports psychologist yet, but uh, most sports psychologists want you to focus on the process because the process is something that, that can be altered and changed and sometimes your process can be 100% and you not get the outcome that you want. So you cannot focus on the outcome. And conversely speaking, your process can be trash and you can get the outcome that you want. You shouldn't feel good when your process is trash and you get the outcome that you want. Happens. Uh, so it's always focusing on the process. And always focusing on the process helps you improve yourself and your performance. Because sometimes there are things on the, that are externally out there that, can, that will influence the outcome that you had no control over. We want to focus on the things that we can control. So, focusing on the butt is this. I failed. I messed up. I feel heartbroken. Or I feel this way or I feel that way, whichever way you want to say. But, what did we actually do during this? What was done? Let's get objective about this. So, Lex, what did you do? Uh, But, what did you do? Um, In my example, my butt was, but I have, you know, five other similar projects to start, focus on, and get done in a more quick manner. Yeah. And how can you make it quicker the next time? And how can you make it more quicker And I did this too. Time? I did this all on the same day. I um, hit a friend and had a conversation with them about my process for proposals, which I'm like, man, why does it feel like I'm trying to reinvent the wheel every time or trying to spend too much time on stuff? And we talked about a better way to package things and in a way that covers everybody to where it'll be a lot quicker of a take my template and, you know, make those few adaptions that are necessary based on, you know, who this is going to and being able to send that. And it's a process now that I'm creating instead of trying to take what somebody else is talking about and create something every time. 
and they are working on that right now. I like yes. I love that. That, that, that. First of all, that's amazing. Like I said, Thank you already need to do it. And I already knew that you need to do it. So that was good. So the thing that I like to hear is that you're creating your own process and you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And the thing that I also like about it is something that you can keep referring back to and saying, okay, this works, but this didn't. This works, but this didn't. And so it takes yourself and it removes yourself from the emotion and just sees what is. Uh, and that takes you out of making those knee-jerk reactions or knee-jerk decisions. You're going to keep rolling with your process and improving your process instead of focusing on, number one, the performance, because you can have bad performances for great processes. And you can also have awful outcomes for great process. And so we just want to keep focusing on that process, saying, well, for me, I'm a person that preaches neutrality because it helps you see cues in different moments differently in a different light. And so Carly knows I'm a not-too-high, not-too-low person. So I like what I'm hearing. That's his motto. Uh, and so I definitely want to hear how this goes in the future for you. Thank you, Jay. Look, I'm me and you, we in the same. I, know I don't have time to be getting too excited or to even care about anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> God be putting all y'all neutral folk in my life, yeah. <laughs> helping ground my ass. Yeah, because you just got to keep moving. Like, everything, I'm say, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to y'all, though. Shout out to Kim, too. Yeah. She's pretty neutral. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now, Carly, uh, how can you focus on your butt in that situation? Um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Uh, you know, how can I say this differently? Uh, how can we focus on the butt in that situation? Yeah, it's um, you know, I, I, but I did the best that I can. But I have another race. But you know, I'll live to run another day. You know, but this isn't the end of the world. But I made it all the way here, and that was my goal for this. Um, but I can keep moving forward next year, and and yeah, that's just like just putting everything in perspective. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely put that in perspective. It's not the end of the world. You're still living, obviously, right? And you have another race. Uh, what was that next race, you know? Oh, yeah. I ran another hurdle race in the same day. Yeah. And I medaled. So okay. that was my goal. That's even better. <laughs> and there it is. You medaled, which is great. But how did you change your process for that next time to, uh, in order to medal? Or how did you focus on your process uh, to medal next time? Did, I, did you remember that at all? I just had to let go of the fall. I had to let go of the failure. Like it happened. I couldn't hold on to it because it would have messed up my next race. And I had to just show up and do what I've been training all season to do. I'd had a great process and I knew I gave it everything I had. So I just had to let that go, chalk it up to the game and then win the next one. There it is. And that's, and that's the thing that we can do is kind of saying that your, was your process bad is the first question. And then, okay, okay. I didn't do this part of my process is the actual thing that usually comes out. Instead of saying, this process sucks, it's usually, I didn't nail this part of the process correctly. Let me try that again and see how it goes this time. Let me do it right this time and see how it actually goes. Because a lot of people throw away their process before it's actually been properly used. Because, I mean, if you, if you go to the scientific perspective of it, uh, a lot of scientists have to keep trying the same experiment over and over and over again just to make sure it works. You can't do it once and say, oh, yeah, it's hidden. That's not how it goes. That's not how it works. You usually go, okay, it worked this time. Let's try it again. Okay, it didn't work, but let's try it again. Okay, it worked again. It worked again. And then you kind of see it's verifiable. This is my process. And I want to keep improving my process. But usually it's, I didn't do this part of my process. Or I didn't recognize doing this part of the process was more important than this part. It's just like, oh, whenever I'm doing this, I'm usually not focusing on this part in the process. Going through those questions and going through those things about your process 
rather than focusing on the outcome because, you know, the outcome is very emotionally based. Mm-hmm. And that emotionally based outcome to make to pull you in one way or the other. And we don't want that to happen for you because when you do that, it takes you out of your element. It takes you out of your zone. And your self-talk, which we didn't, I don't know if we have enough time to get into that, can help you get into your flow state. And I know y'all talked about mm-hmm. flow like about ooh, 20 episodes ago now. Y'all been cranking these things out. I'm about to say flow about 20 and... 20 episodes ago, y'all talked about flow. And focus on the process. That was a whole yeah. episode. I actually pointed at Alexi on the video because that's something that, you know, we've, we've talked about in depth. So using that self-talk and focusing on the process to help you, you know, stay in your most optimal state. And it's interesting too because it, it does exactly. tie back to... Kobe and and a lot of things he said in a couple ways like you know he went all summer in his summer basketball camp without making a single bucket and so obviously it's like all right this is gonna be my process to like shoot x amount of times every single day or if you're he's a lunatic and it's like the sun was in his eye and he missed his shot like okay I'm gonna look directly in the sun and shoot like 50 times every day and so to even develop a process I think puts you in a different space and to always be in a space of awareness of what that looks like and also another thing to what you said about flow is making sure that your process is realistic or like it taps on the realistic like obstacles of life because like all right you should be playing so much and like practicing your process and all these different pieces so much that it's second nature so like when you're actually playing and it matters it's almost like you're in slow motion it's almost like you're watching the tape because you've you've gone through this and been paying attention so many times. And so he would watch the tape so much that now in the game, you can feel like you're in the tape and it's slow and you already know what's about to happen and know what's going on and you can better make decisions off of this moment and you're more intentional and more present in it. Yeah, exactly. The Mamba mentality. And so that those things dun, dun, dun. Yeah, oh, <laughs> You're getting me started. I can't, I can't, I can't get into it. You're <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Old time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mama mentality is like my, my thing. Like I, I, I still watch a whole bunch of Kobe flicks and a whole bunch of uh, like Kobe doing work and uh, a lot of either his documentaries or a whole bunch of clips. But uh, one thing that I was just listening to was uh, uh, Michael Jordan's biography. And I think that they described him best. Yes, he's really athletic. Yes, he's really talented, gifted, a lot of a lot of drive. But I think his uh, sports psychologist, because the Chicago Bulls had a sports psychologist, didn't know that until I read the book. Uh, he said that Michael Jordan is the only player that I can see that can turn it on more than anybody else, and that's actually made him elite. Because there's people that probably have more gifts than Michael Jordan. There's people that have probably have, uh, that can jump higher than Michael Jordan. There's people that can probably shoot better than Michael Jordan. But if you can't get into that flow state, like Michael Jordan can get into that flow state, then he will still beat you every time. Because he's been, he's like, not only can he get into his flow state, he can take you out of yours. That's another thing that's crazy. If you watch Michael Jordan, you, and he goes one-on-one with some people uh, during, during the, whether it be the playoffs or regular season, he can take you out of the flow state. I can't say some of the things on here <laughs> that he didn't take you out of the flow state. But he said some wild stuff. But those people got affected, and Michael Jordan doesn't because those people try to talk to him, and he's already trained not to respond to that. He responds to it by beating you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out your process. Um, stick to it. Train, like you said yeah. from the beginning too. Practice. You're practicing all of these things. So I love that Jay that you gave us so many tactical things to 
think about, put into practice. Um, and I know for sure that listeners have picked up something that they can implement or something that they can try moving forward. So we definitely like really appreciate the time that you took to um, also put a little more science behind some of the things mm-hmm. that we like to talk about um, and give us such good activities to work through to become more aware of these things. Um, and I for sure uh, wish you best as you continue your studies as well and look forward to um, being cited in the near future. <laughs> and her copy of your PhD. Um, but yeah, Bestie, we appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. Um, it, do you have anything, like we always give the shout out to the guests, as you know. Um, so do you have anywhere people can reach you on or where you want them to check you out? Anything you want to share that you're working on? Uh, working on the thesis, of course, uh, Dear Kobe, The Secret Mentor Effect and its, uh, and its Influence on Self-Talk and Motivation, of course, that will be out in December, towards the end, my brand, uh, I would say, is under construction. So don't look for me yet. I will make, <laughs> I will tell you when you can look for me. I am hidden until then. I'm going to replay last week's episode again uh, to become the leaked in guru. <laughs> uh, but my shout out is not myself, actually. My shout out is for these students that I, uh, that I work with now. Uh, they, they are amazing, number one. I taught them in seventh and eighth grade. That was about four years ago. And now they're in high school and now they can finally run for high school uh, student council and student council positions. And all the ones that I taught, uh, it's amazing to see them tweet. Basically they are, all of them are either a president, uh, vice president, treasurer and secretary. And so that's just been amazing to watch them do this and watch them evolve. So shout out to them. Shout out to them. That's great. That's awesome. Reach one, teach one. You're teaching a lot of them. Um, and then we close every episode. Yeah, yeah. We close every episode with a question of the week. But I'm going to ask you to ask us a question. Um, and then you'll also have to answer it yourself. A question for all the listeners uh, this week. Yep. What is our question of the week? All right. Question of the week. What is the new thing that you're going to want? Just one thing that you want to say to yourself to begin to shift your thinking 1%. One thing that you want to say to yourself and make this every day to shift your thinking 1%. It doesn't need to be affirmations. It can be, because affirmations are cool, but affirmations uh, sometimes can fall short. So uh, I can give you one of mine where it's like, what I say every day is to beat the governor. Mm-hmm. And it gives me motivation and drive to to want to, number one, get out of bed every morning and go hard in the gym, go hard with these kids, go hard, oh, I call them kids, thank you. Mm-hmm. Go hard with these <laughs> students uh, and go hard with this thesis because I feel it every day. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel it every day that I don't, like my, there's a part of me that doesn't want to go, go go that extra mile and make that happen. Uh, even uh, being personal. Uh, this, uh, this this podcast, I was like, what if what if I mess up? What if I screw up? What if I pop too fast? I had to stop and say, okay, thank you, Governor. I realize all that, but here's my butt, of course. But I know what I'm talking about. I have the science to back it up, and I can do this. If I notice I'm talking fast, I'll slow down. Mm-hmm. If I notice that I don't know what I'm talking about, I will say that's a good question. I don't have the answer to, or I, I can I can get to it later. And so, what is the, what is that one thing? that you want to tell yourself to help shift your thinking daily by 1%. Shout out to Bestie. 
trying to think of what the most effective thing would be, but I'm not sure. But the the main thing that's coming to my mind is around like, um, it, it, but it sounds like it's an affirmation though, but it's, it's around being energized, I think for, you know, energized to handle or not even, I don't want to say to handle, but like energy to dominate, like the task for the day type thing. Um, and I guess maybe saying the same kind of thing, like dominate the day or like your governor, but I need to think of like, what's a more effective, like thing that I'll really like, you know, that would really get me moving. Mm-hmm. But I think it would kind of be something, something yeah. to energize me for, you know, like, wow, I get to do these things today, you know, to have the right perspective on yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is actually around perspective. Um, thanks, Bestie. Uh, mine is around perspective and like how, so in my head I was like, okay, I, like my perspective colors my reality, but like making it more action-based is like I choose how I respond and I choose my perspective. I like that, about choice. Um, I didn't really talk too much about choice because there's a lot of things we can talk about with self-talk, mm-hmm. but choice is nice. Uh, uh, because uh, choice, we choose to do a lot of things every day and we choose the words that we get to say as well. Uh, a lot of people say, I have to do this or I have to do that. Mm-hmm. I have to call my mom. I have to go to work. I am choosing to do this stuff because I, I, re- I remember, of course, you know, a famous line, all I got to do is stay black and die. Uh, but you choose to do a lot of things in this world and that choice can give you power. And so you're saying you choosing to color your own perspective is, is giving you choice and is giving you power. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the how you exact that power and how you wield that power is up to you. And I look mm-hmm. forward to seeing how it goes. Thanks, Bessie. So for y'all, what is one thing you can say to yourself every day to start to change these neural pathways to start to, you know, be the person that you want to be and live life in a way that you want to live. Um, and Jay, when you gave your shout out, you didn't say, and maybe you don't want people to contact you, but if, if you would like people to contact you in any way, if they have any questions or want to connect with you online, um, let us know if there's any place where you want to send people. If not, that's cool too. The only place you can really contact me because I'm not on Twitter or Facebook. I am a gram stalker. I am all over people's grams. They just don't know it. Mm. Uh, and I'm looking for don't these give memes. Them the burner That's account. all I do. On <laughs> he just looks at memes. No, nah, they don't. Nah, I can't give them the burner. <laughs> no, nah, that's 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 for the other episode. That's for the other. That's, that's for <laughs> after dark. dark. That's, that's uncut. Yeah. Oh, that's the uncut version. Uh, no, but you can find me at they call me underscore Quay. Uh, that's Q-U-A-Y uh, okay. on Instagram. My, I'm there for the meme and I'm there to help people. That's really it. Cool. All right. Well, you guys heard it. Um, hit them up. We want you to leave comments for sure after this episode to, you know, let us know what stuck out to you, to thank um Jason for the information that he gave let him know that you listened um, and reach out with any questions or any uh, comments that you might have yeah so thank y'all for tuning in Bestie appreciate you thanks for sharing hey Bestie you know I got you (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you guys next week bye y'all